Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I hope that you are well and that you've enjoyed all of our draft coverage over the weekend. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to welcome you toward the first part of our Bears draft recap. Today, I'm joined by both of my Bears brothers. I have Brandon Hazlett. I have Nicholas Moriano. But more importantly, the three of us are pleased to be accompanied by a very special guest. He's from NBC Sports Chicago and the Under Center Podcast. He is J.J. Sengovitz. And J.J., I just wanted to thank you for joining us today. You know, we're beyond happy to have you on. I want to know, how's your day been, man? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Been enjoying the, uh, the very nice weather sitting outside. And if you uh, checked my Twitter, I bought my dog a kiddie pool so she could go swim in it and stay cool while we're sitting outside. Is that ridiculous? Yes. Is it awesome? Also, yes. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, yeah, if you don't follow JJ on Twitter, too, it's at JJ Stankovitz. Definitely check it out. You can definitely give that uh, kitty pool a, what, a like now, a heart, whatever Twitter wants to call it. I still want to call it favorites. I'm old school. Yeah. But, all right, so I know you have tickets to a Cubs game tonight, so I don't want to waste really another second. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in, and I want to begin with the big dog, Roquan Smith. We've had a handful of days to kind of stew on it, and I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on the linebacker out of Georgia? Because I know you recently published an article explaining why he's, quote, an excellent fit. I want you to maybe explain why and maybe what are some of your takeaways from Roquan during, like, his press conference, his time with the media, because I want to know, like, what kind of person are we getting in addition to the player? I'll start, I'll start with how Roquan Smith fits. Um, you know, he's the, the kind of prototypical, prototypical Vic Fangio inside linebacker where he may not be the biggest guy, but he's fast and he's instinctive. 
And, you know, he said he watched a lot of Patrick Willis growing up. That was one of his favorite players. He profiles as a guy who could be sort of like Patrick Willis, where, you know, not the biggest guy, but is, again, he's fast, he's instinctive, he hits hard, and he's sure of his assignments. That, for the Bears' defense, is big. Uh, I think, the, you know, you can say maybe they would have been fine with Nick Kwiatkowski opposite Danny Trevathan, but both those guys have missed time due to injuries over the last couple years. Right. So I think that, you know, Smith fits really well. The other part of Smith is that you plug him in with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman in front of him, and you have two guys who are going to protect him and kind of keep him from being mauled by an interior offensive lineman. That'll give him a nice little welcome to the NFL when you have two guys who weigh a combined 370-something pounds. Right, yeah, yeah. Of, I think that's a really important aspect of how Roquan Smith fits. Um, and then actually, as a person, I had a chance to sit down with him for about five minutes. He's, he's a very pleasant guy with the media. Uh, I, you know, you can tell he was kind of overwhelmed, but honestly, who wouldn't be in that situation where you're mm-hmm. faced with uh, a pretty large media core and then having to do all these one-on-ones? But, you know, the book on him and everything that everyone says about him is that he's a great teammate. He's a great leader. He has high football IQ. And he's just one of those guys you want in your locker room. A guy who's going to know his place as a rookie. Kind of, I, I, Danny Trevathan is going to be an absolutely perfect mentor for him. Uh, and they can kind of grow together as an inside linebacking duo in 2018. So, yeah, it, it's honestly kind of hard to find a fault with Roquan Smith's game. Because I wrote about this, too, on NBC Sports Chicago if the fault of his game is that he's undersized, most into inside linebackers nowadays are about Roquan Smith's size. They're only, I think three of the top 10 of bleacher reports, NFL 1000 inside linebackers were both taller and heavier than Roquan Smith. Interesting. Oh, so that's really not much of a concern anymore. Okay. So speaking of guys you want in the locker room, uh, Anthony Miller's a guy that I really like. He's said just a lot of great quotes so far. Uh, he's got that Memphis tattoo that really kind of shows how dedicated he was to the program there. And I like that he's got that chip on his shoulder. He feels like he's got something to prove. So what do you think his ceiling is going to be his rookie season? He's got that Memphis grind, right? That's what he called mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, he's he's a guy who I think is a, a really good fit for Matt Nagy. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. He's offense because if he's going to pr- be primarily playing the Z which was, I think, sort of what Albert Wilson played last year at Kansas City. That's going to require him to be both inside and outside. Uh, he can play the slot. He has the instincts to play outside. And I, he's a guy who just has a good knack for the position. You know, he may not be the fastest guy. He may not be the strongest guy. He may not be the biggest guy. But you mentioned, you know, that chip on his shoulder. He plays with that, and that really shows up with how right. Anthony Miller plays his game, where it is – he, he is out there to beat the guy across of him and let that guy know that he beat him. Uh, I really admire his confidence. You know, he was asked about who he kind of compares himself to. And he said, yeah, you know, I hear Steve Smith a lot. I hear Antonio Brown a lot. But I want someday to be a guy who people say, I model my game after Anthony Miller. And that 
to come in with that kind of an attitude, it's not cocky. It's not brash in a bad way. It's, it's just a good attitude to have. He wants to be one of the best. Mm-hmm. So JJ, I didn't get to introduce myself before we went live. I'm Nicholas Moriano, but uh, the question I have for you, the 2018 NFL draft is the first draft in five years since the bears didn't draft a defensive back. Is that surprising to you at all? Considering, considering there were some names and maybe that second round, the bears definitely could have addressed. Obviously they got James Daniels out of Iowa and also with the depth behind Prince of Mookamore and Kyle Fuller not being the best. Is that just surprising to you? The bears didn't draft a defensive back whatsoever. Yeah, Nicholas, I was a little surprised that they didn't draft someone, uh, even if it were, you know, a seventh round pick or whatever. But, I, you know, they feel good about Fuller and Amukamara. They think Marcus Cooper still has some upside bringing him back on a one-year deal. And, you know, it once they got that deep into the draft, they were dra- still drafting best player available. That's why they took Joel E.A. Buniwe, if I'm a... Uh, saying that correctly. i think that was a very phenomenal uh, pronunciation <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm working on it i uh, got a long way to go until uh the first game of the year uh, right right but you know they were still just drafting for best available and they weren't drafting necessarily for need um they didn't necessarily need a corner as much as they obviously needed an edge rusher but yeah i, I still was a little surprised they didn't take someone just for depth so you know they brought in a bunch of guys as undrafted free agents and maybe one of those guys will compete for a spot. Maybe, you know, Jonathan Mincy is a guy who maybe they think can have some upside. But, yeah, I think primarily you're looking at Fuller and Mukamara, Cooper, Callahan, and LeBlanc, and then maybe, you know, obviously McManus, and then one other guy in there in that cornerback room. So there isn't that much room for another cornerback if you look at it that way. Sure, sure. I want to know, like, uh, I know you get to talk to them a little bit more than we do. I mean, we don't have any contact with them, actually. But um, I want to know, like, in terms of that secondary, like, how high do you think their confidence level is? I believe it's pretty high. I mean, the secondary, for the most part, especially the second half of last season, felt like it was kind of carrying the defense a little bit. Do you believe that they're, like, extremely confident, like, in this secondary group? I think they're confident in them. Um, I don't think this is a, a group that necessarily can carry a defense just because they don't get a lot of interceptions. Maybe Eddie Jackson takes that next step sure. in, in 2018 and, and can be that ball-hawking safety that he was at Alabama. But um, I, I think that you know this is a solid secondary. They're, they may not have a ton of game-breaking plays in that in 2018. I think what they, they're going to rely on is their ability to stop the run with Hicks, Trevathan, Smith, and Goldman, and then have a couple lockdown corners, guys they really like in Fuller and Mukamara. And you know, if they don't take the ball away and they don't generate a lot of sacks, it's going to be, it is going to put a lot of emphasis on the cornerbacks to play as well as they did last year, especially for Fuller to be the kind of cover man he was. But I don't know if I'm ready to call this the, you know, focal point of the defense or an elite group or anything. I think they're they're good, but they may not be great. Sure, yeah. No, you bring up a lot of good points there. So I do have another question for JJ. It's going to be coming up next. But before I ask him that question, I just want to like, take a moment and announce that we do have a winner for our free Bears jersey giveaway. And I just want to congratulate Louis Penna Jr. at Louis underscore Penna. You've officially won a free Bears jersey of your choice. And if you're bummed, if you're listening and you're a little upset that, hey, I didn't win that Bears jersey, that kind of sucks. Well, we have some other fun announcements uh, coming your way. So Definitely stay tuned for that. And you're already entered for the future giveaways that we have planned for you. So, yeah, don't worry. Uh, we have more coming your way. But, yes, congratulations to Louie. 
All right, so JJ, I think it's pretty easy to say that uh, Roquan Smith is going to have the biggest impact on this team as a rookie with all of the talent and the tangibles that he brings to the table. But if you had to like project a rookie to maybe make a larger impact that maybe most fans would expect, who would that be and why? I guess I, I think everyone expects James Daniels and Anthony Miller and uh, Roquan Smith to be starters. I, what I think a guy who could make a bigger impact than expected would be maybe I'll go with Bilal Nichols. Okay. Just given that he, he's a guy who's going to be able to compete for playing time with, with Jonathan Bullard as the third defensive end. So I think that he's probably a guy who I would, I would tab as someone who could maybe compete a little bit more than we might expect. So I think that uh, a lot of bears fans would say that pass rusher is the weakest position on the team so far. Uh, but do you see anything different? And if you, don't then what would say be the next position outside of pass rusher that the bears can improve on? I mean, the pass pass rush is definitely the weakest position on this team. Right. You look at the injury risks that you have between Leonard Floyd and Aaron Lynch and Kylie Fitz. Those are significant. Those really can't be ignored when you're evaluating this depth because those guys have missed games, both at the college and pro level recently. Right. It's a boomer bust group where if Leonard Floyd is able to play all 16 games and he takes that next step in his development in year three, then the Bears have themselves a heck of an edge rusher. But if he is injured or he doesn't take that next step in his development and he is sort of a four to seven sack guy again, this could be a pretty weak group and, and the Bears are, could really struggle to affect the quarterback, which if you're looking at one sort of blind spot for Ryan Pace this year, that could be it. Um, Kylie Fitz is a guy who I like, I, I, you know, you look at his numbers in 2015 and he had, what was it? Seven sacks, eight TFLs, 10 pass breakups and four forced fumbles. Like those are great numbers, but maybe he's just a situational pass rusher to start, but he's also another guy who, if he can't stay healthy, he had a, a ankle and shoulder injuries last year. He had the Liz Frank a couple years ago, then that's going to be a big problem. And I mean, Aaron Lynch has only played in what seven games in the last two seasons, each of the last two seasons. Yeah. So there are a lot of question marks there. Uh, maybe they look to bring back Willie young on a, you know, a, a shorter, cheaper deal just to some competitiveness. I've been kind of surprised. They haven't really been linked too much to Lamar Houston, given that he right. did fourth backs last year, but uh, with the bears at least. So I, I, that is a position that if the bears don't succeed this season, uh, that's going to be a position we're going to look at and probably say that that's a big reason why. So, JJ, I'm going to take my uh, question a uh, different route here. Colts GM Chris Ballard uh, selected a group of reporters to go into the team's war room. And on Twitter, I you like wrote, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, what do you think it will take to get Ryan Pace to let some of the media members go into the Bears war room? And I'm sure like an opportunity like that, uh, being a media member, it's like a kid in a candy store, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it would take for Ryan Pace to do that. Um, but, man, major props to Chris Ballard because they now have the most informed media of any media group in the country that can communicate to their fans why they drafted all the players they did. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Major kudos to Chris Ballard and the Colts for that one. Awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, hey, maybe Ryan will do that one day. And if so, that'd be pretty cool for you. But we'll hold out on that. All right, so we've been doing this show since like 2015, and it seems like every single offseason, 
Uh, the Bears, they find ways to get, you know, us fans, our hopes up. Uh, and then they just kind of get crushed again. In fact, I think I began this offseason uh, by saying that I'm going to keep my expectations to a bare minimum. But, you know, after the new staff comes in, the strong free agency period uh, and this complimentary draft class, I'm starting to find myself sipping on the Kool-Aid yet again. So should I listen to my own advice and maybe temper these expectations a little bit? Or should we Bears fans be excited? Because it really does genuinely feel like the team is ready to start winning now. I'll say this. Don't temper your excitement because... I mean, if you're tempering your excitement right now when they've gone out and had the offseason they've had of signing Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, drafting Roquan Smith, Anthony Miller, these guys, I mean, that just, to me, maybe I'm too removed from it, um, not being a fan of a, a football team, a professional sure. football team anymore, but that just seems too cynical. Like, the Bears, the, the way I've kind of put it is like, the team last year was kind of like watching football in black and white. I think this year they're going to be 4K HD. Now, the programming you're watching might not be better, but aesthetically they're going to be so much more pleasing to watch. Uh, I just did a whole segment for NBC Sports Chicago where I was just like drawing on a, a smart board with formations and where guys could fit. And I'm doing it and I'm getting excited because I want to watch what this offense is going to look like. I think it can be a really fun offense that might not get you to the playoffs, that might not win you nine or ten games, but this team should be fun to watch. And I think at the end of the day, that that's what should get you excited right now. Sure, yeah. And uh, JJ, you mentioned the offense, and a part of that offense is Kevin White, who the Bears still need to make a decision on whether they're going to pick up that fifth-year option. I'm thinking they're probably not going to do that. What are your thoughts on that? And where does Kevin White really fit into this offense now? You're bringing Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, all these weapons. Is you know Kevin White on the back end of this offensive uh, depth chart now? What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, first of all, it would be a surprise if the Bears picked up Kevin White's option, fifth-year option, just given that. I think the number on that is somewhere between 14 and 16 million. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. And, you know, if they weren't willing to commit $9.6 million to Cameron Meredith, I don't quite know why they would be willing to commit it to Kevin, you know, more than that money to Kevin White for one year. Um, that being said, the bears have done a good job of insulating themselves from needing Kevin White to be a, a focal point of their offense. Like they went into last year needing him to be. Um, that I think sets Kevin White up pretty well because he, the pressure is off him, at least in terms of expectations from the coaching staff. And Matt Nagy, I think is saying all the right things about getting Kevin White back to speed where it is going to be very incremental. It's going to be day by day, practice by practice, where he just needs to kind of build and stack practices. He needs to make a couple good plays each practice, build on that, stay healthy and, I don't, I don't think it's as simple to say as the Bears, if Kevin White's good, it's like they're getting a second first-round pick. I, I think what they can get out of Kevin White, if he gets you decent production as probably the guy behind Allen Robinson on the depth chart at the X, then that's pretty good. And, I, you know, Kevin White also, from his perspective, he's kind of playing for his football career right now. Uh, very similar to the situation Kyle Fuller was in a year ago where – if Fuller didn't turn things around and have at least a, a passable 2017 season, he might've been out of football by now. Instead, now he's got a four year, $56 million contract and $18 million already in his bank account. So 
I think that, that that's kind of a good roadmap for Kevin White to just kind of take it the way Fuller took it, go very incrementally. He doesn't have a, a top spot in the depth chart now, but certainly could earn it via circumstance or good practice play. Sure. All right, JJ. I just got two more questions for you to close out the show. The first one is uh, taking this draft class as a whole. If you had to assign a letter grade to it, what would it be? Because I know instant grades for draft classes are super valuable and also very accurate. Uh, completely. Yes. Yeah. So hold me to this. I gave him an A minus. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly how it's going to play out. Uh, of course. But no, you look at what they did and they drafted a guy who was the best defensive player available, I think, in, in most people's minds in Roquan Smith. Um, they drafted an interior offensive lineman, which is something they needed to do. And then they drafted a guy in Anthony Miller, who, when I was looking at wide receiver prospects, he was the guy who I kept circling saying like, this is the guy, if they're going to go in the second round, he's a really good fit. You know, I think even more so than some of the bigger names, like a Cortland Sutton out there. Um, I think Anthony Miller fits a lot better. So, you know, and on the, the third day of the draft, I don't really look at that as, something that impacts the grade too much. I know you can maybe pick some nits and say taking Yeway Yeway Benue. I, I went too fast and I still might have got that wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, you can maybe pick some nits and say taking Iggy was uh, a bit of an overdraft, a bit of a reach given you just took an inside linebacker. But look, if Ryan Pace has conviction on the guy, he's hit on quite a few fourth rounders before, whether it's, you know, Tariq Cohen, Eddie Jackson, Nick Kwiatkowski, he seems to have a pretty decent eye for mid to late round guys. So I'd just say trust in, in pace. And then uh, Kylie Fitz and Bilal Nichols, two guys who I think have some upside as in terms of competing for spots right off the bat, or at least just being depth. So yeah, I, I think pace did overall did pretty well. The reason why I didn't give him a full on a was just because he didn't address outside linebacker early enough in my mind. But then again, He's the one watching all the film and his scouts and Josh Lucas and all those guys are the ones watching all the film. And I'm just the one writing about it. So I would I would go with what they how they feel maybe a little more than me. But then again, we'll find out in a couple of years how right I am. There we go. Yeah, I think that sounds very uh, mere-esque of what we were saying uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Like, why aren't they attacking the edge position? Like, well, you know. They know more than we do, so let's definitely uh, put our faith in them. All right, so my last question for you. I want to project out all the way to July. Let's talk about Bear Benet a little bit. Um, when you're thinking about all of the roster uh, that the Bears have kind of compiled over this offseason, uh, Ryan Pace has mentioned time and time again just how important competition is for this team. What position battle are you looking forward to the most? It's not necessarily a position battle because Cody Whitehair and James Daniels are both going to start, but sure. I'm really curious where they settle on both those guys. Um, Harry, he stand. I think it, I learned from covering Notre Dame uh, trust in whatever lineup Harry, he stand throws out there. Cause it's going to be really good. Um, so I think that, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think, you know, some of the other guys they drafted, whether it's uh, Roquan Smith, Anthony Miller, those guys are still going to have to earn their jobs, but, Roquan Smith will earn it by beating out Nick Kwiatkowski. Anthony Miller will beat it by presumably beating out Josh Bellamy or Benny Fowler. Um, I, I think those are ones that should happen. So they're, they aren't the kind of sexy, big-time position battles. Um, one thing I'm keeping an eye on here, too, is if, um, if Nick Kwiatkowski does wind up moving outside a little bit and, and getting some time outside sort of in that Christian Jones role, that could be pretty interesting if they give him some time as an edge rusher. 
uh, he, you know, he, he doesn't have maybe the, the necessary, necessarily the traits Ryan Pace and everyone looks for out of an edge rusher, but he understands the defense really well. And is a guy who does have somewhat of a knack of getting to the quarterback when he did have a couple runs at guys last year. So uh, those guys, and then I guess maybe if I'm going to give you one more, why don't we say, you know what, I'm interested where Tariq Cohen winds up outside mm-hmm. of just running back. How much time does he get at the zebra behind Taylor Gabriel? Um, that's going to be really interesting to watch because Anthony Miller can play the zebra as well. But, you know, Cohen's a guy who can line up all over the field and is a guy who you just get the ball in his hands in space. He can do some good things. That pretty much fits the definition of what Matt Nagy wants out of the zebra position. So that would be one other one that once we get down to Bourbon A, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing. Awesome. Yeah, really good stuff there, JJ. So yeah, that's really all that we have for you. I want to thank you again for taking the time to join us, share your thoughts about the Bears draft, some other things as well. But on behalf of all of us, our listeners, I just want to again, thank you so much. Yeah, good stuff, guys. That was a good time. Really appreciate it. And one more thing, it just kind of hit me. If Next time we talk to Moon Mullen, uh, can you tell him thank you for me? I met him after my senior year in high school when I was entering college and uh, at Bourbon A. Uh, he was just kind of standing amongst the crowd and he gave me some really good advice on like how to like pursue my dreams, pursue, pursue my passions in terms of like journalism stuff. And I mean, here I am today talking to you. So yeah, the next time uh, you see him, just tell him, uh, Will DeWitt, uh, the Bears Brothers, uh, thank you for you know the inspiration, the advice, because I really took a lot from it. John Moon Mullen is the best in the business, and I do not say that lightly. I mean, he I, I cannot say enough good things about working with him and being a colleague of his and how much he's helped me, you know, in my own job. Sure. Uh, this is probably my second year covering the NFL, and I mean, he has been the absolute best possible resource uh, someone, you know, for someone in my shoes. So, yeah, I definitely will pass that message along. Appreciate it. Yeah, for him just to talk to some high school kid, give him some really strong advice. It's something that I still kind of hold very fondly. It was very, very kind of him. I, I'm still very appreciative. So thank you so much for passing that along. Yeah, for sure. That's great to hear. Awesome. All right. So make sure you can follow JJ on Twitter. It is at JJ Stankovitz. And don't forget, you can listen to him to over at the Under Center Podcast, which is from NBC Sports Chicago. We're going to be back with Adam Johns in about an hour, hour and a half for those who are watching live. And if you're listening to the podcast, that's going to be in your feed maybe in a half a day, a day, depending on when I decide to publish it. Just one more reason why you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you can watch all of our shows live. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.